Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that, time jerks. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs for a. Uh, uh, are these bonus editions of the fourth and one podcast? I mean, we would be doing one a week anyway, but we've got to do like two a week because the Chiefs are still playing, um, which has been a theme since Patrick Mahomes got here. Um, yeah, usually they start in the divisional round, so it's a little bit different this time around. But here they are, Chiefs back in the divisional against a familiar opponent. They've already played the Bills. This will be the fourth meeting in the last two years. They're going to play again next year um, because they both won their division. So. Uh, um, is this, uh, people keep wanting the chargers to be like a rival for them. Right. And of course they have the historic rivalries against the Broncos and the Raiders, but is Bill's chiefs going to be the defining rivalry of the AFC for the next few years? I don't know. Um, but the only reason I say that is just because there's gotta be for it to be a rivalry. I, I feel like there's gotta be some bad blood. So there's got to be there's got to be some late hits. There's got to be some issues and some spots. And then if that happens, like I mean, you there, know, were, there example, were in the AFC Championship game last year, though. the The Bills got a little. I mean, there was the whole Josh Allen throwing the ball at I can't remember who it was on the ground. Like, Okafor, Okafor. Yeah, but there was there was a little. I mean, it got a little testy late in that one. Right, but I'm saying you need that in you need that in game after game after game after game, and really in the last Chiefs Bills game, the only one that you really had was um, whenever uh, Poyer decided to put a shoulder in the side of Kelsey's helmet in the fourth quarter with about four twenty-five left, four thirty-five somewhere around there, um, and, and he wasn't right for a month, the four to six weeks after that. Yeah, yeah, there was there was some, like I said, you know. Um, you're uh, unfortunately you're gonna have to have a lot of bad blood like that to happen. Or number sixty-one for uh, for the Bills who like to take some cheap shots last time around. Like I mean, you you need it to be more of a collective team thing. Um, I think for that to kind of turn into something over time, because like you know there was a time where people thought it was gonna be Chiefs Ravens and that one fizzled out, and we'll see what happens with this one with the Bills over time. And we'll see what happens with the Chargers over time and the Bengals over time. But I mean, it, I think there's there's got to be more there's got to be more intensity to it for it to kind of turn into what it potentially what I think people are hoping for down the road. And I think part of that is they've yet to really play a close game. Like the Chiefs handled them pretty well in the regular season. Like what was it 26-10, 26-17, whatever the final was last last year in the regular season. And then they beat up on him 38-24 in the AFC Championship game. The Bills kind of returned the favor with a 38-20 win um, in the regular season this year. They've yet to play like a signature game, though, I think, where, you know, both both teams are, are you know, playing at their peak and it, it comes down to, you know, the last two minutes. Um, um, I, I think that factors into it, too. You've got to have some some kind of classic games, I think, um, that are, that stick with people as opposed to, um, you know, these kind of one-sided affairs. Yeah, no, 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 it's a great thing, man. I mean, you're, I, I think what makes it a good rivalry though, is if you kind of have some, uh, some physical physicality behind it on both sides and some chippiness, I think that's what, I think that's what, that's what perks my antennas Todd. Okay. Yeah. Do you have, do you watch the NHL? I mean, they fight in, in those games fairly regularly. You might like the NHL. I've watched it before. 
Um, I look forward to your your weekly blues breakdowns. Jacob's eye in the sky for the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> this has nothing to do with what you just said, but I am going to say if you've ever had to shoot hockey before, following the puck is one uh, of the most o- overwhelming things on the planet. Yeah, no. Like, I, I went to some Missouri Mavericks games and shot with the camera there trying to shoot highlights. Dude, it's it's one of the toughest things in the world. That and golf are like the two toughest things to shoot. I, I can't even follow it with my eyes, much less looking through a camera lens trying to And people it. may not believe me when I talk about golf, but I'm telling you, whenever somebody tees off on uh, on the green, like unless it's a putt, like it's tough to follow. Yeah. I try to follow a ball, man. And that and it's tough in football too. If you if you do NFL film style and, and like try to zoom in on the ball and zoom out on it and follow the football the entire way. It, it can be tough too. I'm just saying like, those yeah. are, those are special photographers. So like I said, we kind of wandered off the path here a little bit. I was going to say, you've derailed the podcast already, Nick. You asked the question. We, we, we know that you're, you're want to do this though. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do want to, I do want to go back to the last matchup one. How much do you think week five matters here in week 20? It, it doesn't. I mean, Yes, it's it's a barometer that each side is going to use this week. That hey, we didn't number of people, so we lost by this or the other. The other, you know, the Bills side is going to be like, well, hey, we beat you last time. At the end of the day, it didn't matter because like the what was on the line then was just another, you know, was just one win. Like that, that's it. It wasn't. It didn't decide your season. It didn't determine your season like it would in a late December game. It didn't really, and you hear Jim Nance say on the broadcast when he's like, and this one could go a long way in deciding who plays at home in January. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> so, like, I mean, hearing him say that just kind of cracked me up. It was like, yeah, it didn't. It, it had no bearing on it. Um, but it's just, <clears throat> I'm not going to pretend. I mean, I went back and watched the game, and from looking at that, I had forgotten how many turnovers the Chiefs had in that game and how impactful those turnovers were that they had because it cost them 14 points. It, it, it cost them 14 points for them to score, but then I, I, the Bills scored off, you know, yeah, had Byron the, the, Pringles fumble. So at that point, it well, honestly, they also had the Micah Hyde pick six. So yeah, the pick six too. So, I mean, the Bills got 14 out of, out of the, out of Chiefs turnovers and the Chiefs lost 14 out of there. So, you know, and the game ended up being 38 to 20. So the chiefs get those two hypothetically, they score 34. Then you take 14 off there for the bills. It's 34, 24 chiefs, you know? So it there, I guess what I had had built up in my head from my memory, it wasn't as overwhelming and daunting as I thought it, as I kind of remember it being. But then I also have to remind myself that, I got my COVID results during the halftime of the game. So. <laughs> well, and, and it was a weird game, right? Because one, I think the it mattered more to the Bills. They they had more to yeah. prove in that yeah. game. The Chiefs were still kind of the the offense. If you remember back then, the offense had started off pretty relatively strong the first few weeks, and then had had, but they were having those turnover issues. They had just lost to the Chargers. They were struggling a little bit, or, or maybe they were coming off the Eagles win, but. The defense wasn't playing well. Like they were still finding themselves in that game. The bills, meanwhile, were, were rolling early uh, after that season opening loss. Um, and, and, and I, th- I think that the bills had targeted that game, you know, like you said, as their kind of litmus test, their barometer for 
for where they were at. And, and they came out, and, and full credit to them, they did what they needed to do. But I also think it's important to remember um, Chris Jones missed the game. He was inactive, uh, and he was also playing defensive end at the time, by the way. Uh, not sure if anybody uh, noticed, but turns out even playing half a season at defensive tackle, he was second team all pro there. So it uh, worked out pretty well. Melvin Ingram wasn't, you know, wouldn't join the team for another month. Traverius Ward missed that game. That was Willie Gay Jr.'s first game back from the toe injury that sat him down the first four weeks of the season. So he was nowhere near game shape. And I think he's been a difference maker um, with his play down the stretch. And Daniel Sorensen was still starting at safety, uh, you know. Um, so you saw a lot of Ben Neiman, a lot of Daniel Sorensen in that one because they were trying to work Willie Gay back in. And Juan Thornhill hadn't, you know, kind of taken over. It would be the next week uh, at Washington, right? That he would finally, that, that they would make yeah. that move. Um, I mean, the, the performance against the Bills was kind of the reason why, um, you know, Sorensen ended up getting dumped from the starting lineup. This is, so I guess the point is, this is a different defense um, than it was. It, but I think it's a different offense in some ways, too, because, you know, they've learned and grown through some of the adversity they faced early in the season and then having to, to learn to kind of play left-handed a little bit this year with the way defenses were approaching things. Um, so I, I, I agree. I mean, I think it gives the bills confidence coming in, but I don't think the bills were going to come in scared anyway. So no, no, I think they're going to come in just as determined regardless. They probably come in a little bit more determined if they felt like they had to prove something, they had to make a statement. So I, I think the bills, I, I think the Bills, obviously, they want to make it to the AFC Championship. And if they don't, they're going to feel like that's a failure. Just like the Chiefs are going to feel that, too. So the the biggest aspect of it is, for me, which team, for the most part, which team truly wants it more? Like, which team is is hungry to that level and determined to that level and is going to do whatever it takes to, to make it to that point and is willing to make the smart decisions to get to that point. So, I mean, play time's over. I mean, this is, this is, this is winter go home. I mean, it's a, and, and technically the Chiefs would already be at home. So they would go to their winter homes if they yeah. have them somewhere else. So, I mean, I know it's, this is, I mean, this is what the Chiefs have worked all year for. This is what the Bills have worked for all year. Like it all comes down to this moment. And I do truly believe whoever wins this is probably going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl as barring injuries. Like, I think this is the, like, this is the, honestly, I think this is the true AFC championship this Sunday. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of 1997 um, when the Denver Broncos came to Kansas city right. and that, that was the, the, you know, the Gerbach game where they, you know, they benched Gannon cause Gerbach was finally healthy and, Ted pops and got stopped in bounds on the sideline. There was a phantom holding call on Greg Minuski that wiped away a field goal. So the chiefs had to go for a touchdown late and Gerbach couldn't hit Lake Dawson. It's also the game. If you remember the Broncos came out with like some slick silicone stuff on their Jersey, went right down the field, got a touchdown and then had to wipe it off and struggled to get things going the rest of the game. But I think there was a strong sense that the super bowl that year was played in arrowhead Denver won it. Denver went on to win the first championship for John Elway. Um, I, I don't know that this is the Super Bowl, but I agree. I think this is the de, the de facto AFC championship game. Um, not to disrespect Tennessee and the season they've had being the number one seed or Cincinnati, who I think is going to be a factor for years to come with, with Joe Burrow there at quarterback. Um, I just think that the, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs are the best two football teams in the AFC right now. 
Yeah, and they're both they're both on point uh, based on last week. So it, I'm going to be really interested to see how fast of a start each team gets out to, and who was able to set the tempo for that game, and who's kind of who kind of imposes their will in that game for the first half. Honestly, I mean, history says that the Bills are going to jump out to the lead, right? I mean. You look at the Chiefs' playoff history here in recent years, they've had a tendency of falling behind. That includes last year in the AFC Championship game. They were down 9 to nothing, uh, thanks to a missed extra point after the first quarter. I mean, the Bills looked like they were in charge. I mean, you know, the, I mean, just think about last week. The, the Chiefs were fiddle-farting around with, uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who probably had no business being in the playoffs. But once the Chiefs turned it on, they've got a gear that most other teams don't have. I think the Bills have that gear too, though, which is why this one is a little bit, makes me a little bit more nervous because, um, you know, I, this is not a game where I think the Chiefs can afford to, you know, like they can't be, they can't play cat and mouse and just like bat the, you know, like play with the mouse. Like they've got to, they've got to just eat their food if they want to advance this week. No, yeah, they can't mess around. This is, you got to be locked in this week and execution's got to be on point. And you can't have uh, you can't have dumb turnovers. You can't have reckless turnovers, and you can't have stupid penalties this week. Like this is those little itty bitty things may end up costing you. So, like uh, this is a this is an opponent that I mean I know that you said every week respecting the opponent, and I agree hundred percent on that. But like this is a week where like you've got to you're gonna have to crank it up a notch. Yeah, and, and I, I I think they that the Chiefs are capable of doing that. Um, they, they've certainly got the pedigree there. I want to talk about Josh Allen, though. Um, you know, I mean, it, if you look at the raw stats, he didn't have as good a season. If you look at some of the other metrics, especially if you include his rushing and stuff like that, um, is he? I don't think he gets brought up in the discussion as an elite quarterback at, at the same as Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or even Joe Burrow um, certainly has. And I think now that he's got a you know, especially if they go down to Tennessee and they win and he gets two two playoff games under his belt and you know, his first playoff appearance, because you know, he coming back from the ACL, I think his, his name will be up there as a, you know, an elite emerging star in the league. I, 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 is Josh Allen in that class? I think right now Josh Allen is having to prove that with his performance. And what he did against the Patriots, I guarantee you opened some eyes on that one. Sure. So I think if perfect game on offense. Yeah. So I'm thinking if he can continue to do that, then I think that's, I I just personally think that's going to go a long way for him. And that's where he's going to build his legend. Just like Mahomes had to build his legend throughout that 2018 season with how special he was doing some of the stuff he was doing that he made that wasn't routine at the time. It's become routine to people that watch him. But at that time he was doing a lot of stuff that quarterbacks had never done before and getting away with a lot of it. And Josh kind of on that touchdown throw, he threw to Dawson Knox early on to where he was going out of bounds and just effortless, you know, just nonchalantly tossed it. And, you know, he's admitting now that he's trying to throw it out of bounds and Knox went up and made a play on it. Um, Like that was a Patrick Mahomes type thing. Like Mahomes has done that type before. Like that's what made that so impressive to see him do it. Um, He's Ken Dorsey's done a really good job with him. The quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator. He's cleaned up a lot from where Allen was to where he's at. 
and I don't think he probably gets enough credit for what he's doing with him. There's some stuff that, that Josh had flaws wise as a passer last year that he doesn't have as much this year, even whenever it's not, even when he doesn't have pressure against him, that he was, he was having a lot of mistakes last year that he doesn't now. But I will say from looking at every single one of their losses this year, that he still he still gets kind of Philip Rivers-esque and a little bit Derek Carr-esque when pressure comes at certain times in certain ways. And when that happens, boy, he is willing to make some mistakes and throw some turnovers. So or throw and, up some throw up some interceptions. And I, I think I think both teams are going to have both defenses are going to have three to five opportunities to make a game changing play, whether it's a strip sack, whether it's a, a ball that's kind of up in the air. And I think it's going to come down to which team makes those plays. Um, you know, wh- you know, which team can find a way to execute in those moments. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, bring an extra pressure. Look, the bills don't like to pressure Mahomes. You know, we'll see if they do something, you know, similar to what the Bengals did on that, on that, you know, uh, third mm-hmm. and five, you know, where they, where they, they do try to come with something, you know, there we'll, we'll see how much they're willing to challenge, um, you know, Charvarius Ward one-on-one outside. I think that can be an effective strategy for teams, um, <clears throat> you know, to, to go at him with the deep ball. Um, I don't, I don't know that John Hussey's crew is going to, going to gift some of those plays, um, like the crew did in that, that Chiefs Bengals game. Uh, but, um, like this is pro this this is if I'm a Chiefs fan, this game is going to make me nervous than more nervous than any other game, probably even the Super Bowl. Because even if the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl, and let's say it's you know the we finally get to see Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers, or or you know let's say the Rams stay high, you know whoever it would be, I, I you know I think the excitement for for the chance to win two out of three, be back to the Super Bowl for the I think that would take over any nerve. This is the game that has me nervous because I think this is the one that I look at and say, this is the biggest hurdle between there and SoFi Stadium the second weekend in February. Well, Todd, I'm nervous every time. <laughs> I, 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 know you all the same. I know you are. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a tough game for them against the Bills, and I think they're going to have to be on point with it, and they're going to have to – Jerick McKinnon's got the big game. There's going to be a lot of guys that are going to have big games in this and kind of step up to the plate in a way that they haven't at times this year. And there, there's a lot that they've got to get done to be able to accomplish what they need to and be on point. So, I mean, if there was ever a time that she's need to play a complete game, this is the game to play a complete game. Yeah. And, and I wish I could help with your anxiety. There is a type of nobody therapy. can, man. There, there's a type. Can. Well, there's a type of therapy that I think would work, but if I mention it, then you'll never do a Twitter Spaces again. So, um, I, I'm just not going to mention it. It's probably for the best that you don't mention something <laughs> like that. Um, which, by the way, Todd, I believe we are going to be doing a Twitter Spaces after the uh, probably on Friday. I think if you're available. I don't know um, if you're available or not. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh I've got some uh, I've got some family situations right now. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, we'll uh you know, we'll 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 see. But I mean, well, I I I may be doing a Twitter space without you <laughs> on Friday. We'll see. But we will attempt to do a couple of those for the Chiefs uh Bills game on Sunday. Yeah. Now I, I uh um I know you had some fun with that. It was uh hopefully some, you know, some people found out about it and can interact. Um, 
Um, all right. So, and nobody was mean to me. So I appreciate that. Nobody right. called me, nobody called me a fatty or anything like that. Like some people, some people, like some fan bases do whenever I post the TJ Watt video where he put an elbow in the back of Trey Smith's head neck area. This guy's like, I don't think he was doing it. He was trying to make a play on the ball. And I'm like, you do realize I work in TV and I can slow it down frame by frame and literally watch him put his elbow up and specifically target. Like, I mean, I, I get you're watching it in real time, but I took the effort before I put my name on it to put some of that stuff out there. Like to to check all that stuff out and be like, yeah, was he trying to do this? I'm like, no, he was clearly doing that. He, he was he well, he's a punk, Todd. That's what he is. He, he had he had some some dirtier plays than I was expecting from a from a person with the last name Watt or a you know potential defensive player of the year. Like I, I yeah. but anyway. So okay, I got to ask. That's another so, guy. After watching that coach's film, that's another guy, Todd. That's a hot list? button for me. He made the list. He'll never get off it now. Yeah, um, that's true. Once you're on, once you're on one of my lists, it's you're on there for life. Um. All right. So you watch life. Did you get to watch all of the Bills games? How many did you make it through? Um. So far, I'm through seven. All right. I've still got. Let's see. I'm not. I'm not. You know. I. I've already seen. I don't need to see the Bills Steelers again. I've already watched that one twice. So I don't need to see that again. So I'd say, for me to feel comfortable with where with where I want to be in terms of breaking down everything they're doing, I'd say probably, probably get nine or 10 more in and I should be good. And I'm right. going to look at the AFC championship game again last year before, before Sunday. Yeah. What, if anything worries you about when you think about the bills attack and, and the chiefs defense as constructed now, because as, as we mentioned earlier, I, I, I think trying to compare the week five chiefs defense to, to the defense now would be like comparing apples to oranges. So what, what, but are there still things that the bills do that concern you? Um, the biggest thing that that I, I have concern with during that I'm going to be concerned with during the game is just Josh Allen's ability to scramble. Like, I mean, the way he runs with the football, like that's, that's something that's going to be tough to be able to, scheme against and be able to negate at times. There'll be some times where, I mean, you're just going to take off and you're going to get a first down. It's going to be frustrating to watch. Just like they like to run their stupid quarterback sweeps with them. Like at some point that's going to end up burning them, but they think, you know, he's as big as Ben Roethlisberger. So it's fine. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to burn you at some point once you <laughs> face the wrong team. And there was a couple times where it almost burned them against the Jaguars and the Bucks, but you know, they still keep trying it. So I have, I have visions of, Nick Bolton firing through and just planting one on his thigh. Oh, I hadn't uh, even thought about that yet. Right. That's what I'm saying. If Nick Bolton knifes through and, and gets one on his thigh early in the game, it, it could spell trouble. <laughs> yeah, no, you bring up a good point. I didn't think about Nick Bolton getting him on a QP sweep. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no. Nick Bolton's the dude that, uh, yeah, no, you're 100% right. He Nick Bolton's the dude thunder. that if you put him out there, yeah, no, that could be, that could be a problem. And he, Even KU fans I, I, would be hollering right there. <laughs> and I will tell you, man, I, when I went back and watched the Chiefs-Bills uh, game, there was one blitz. He was coming like a freight train, and Josh Allen made sure he got that thing away. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, he I, I, I am, you know, you're know, right, dude. Bolton, yeah, Bolton is, uh, yeah, Bolton's actually, that's a really good point I hadn't thought of until now. Yeah, Bolton, dude, that's the guy you want out there setting that tempo, on the, especially yeah. on those QB sweeps, because they make it blatantly obvious, too. Because whenever they're going to do the QB sweep, they pull the le- they pull the guard and center from the backside of where they're going to every single time. That's what they do. 
Like that's just how you know it's coming. And then he just follows along with it off the read option where they fake it to the running back to the other side. Then he takes off with the, with the pulling guard and pulling center, Mitch Morris. And, and Oh man, if Bolton's waiting right there, that's going to be bad news. It could it's gonna be real that, bad news. That's the one that's in my head. I'm, I'm like, you shake him up or if Bolton can, I just had this vision of Nick Bolton sticking him early. And then, um, Josh Allen getting a little happy feet, getting a little uncomfortable after, after no, uh, you're hundred percent right. Like that's the freight train that if you bring that freight train, <laughs> yeah, not him or him or Ingram, those are your yeah, two freight yeah. trains. You bring those two. It's actually a really good point. And, and I do want to say this before I forget pass rush wise chiefs didn't have one in their last no, game. No. Like he sat back there and did his taxes. Like he, in fact, as I tweeted out, I, if I remember correctly during that time, Josh Allen was able to look through the whole cheesecake factory menu before he made a decision on some of those throws and, and they have an extensive menu with probably right, I was gonna say, if you haven't items. been there since prom in 1987, uh, the menu has only gotten bigger. Yeah. <laughs> it's got at least 60, if not a hundred <laughs> items on there. I don't know how the kitchen puts it all together, but they do. Right, right. They do. So tip of the cap to them. Um, but no, like, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it, there's just, there wasn't any pressure from the interior. So I was like, Oh, Chris Jones would have pressure there. Chris Jones would have pressure here. And I'm like, Ingram would have came screaming around the corner here. And I'm like, you combine those two with Bolton come off that other side. I'm like, that's, that's bad news right there. So, and it, it was funny watching the Jaguars and the, uh, the Buccaneers, the way that they attacked, they took a lot of what the chiefs did in the AFC championship game and threw it at Josh Allen. And he really, really struggled with it and had a couple turnovers because of it. So, I mean, there's, there's opportunities to turn Josh Allen into Phillip Rivers. still. I don't want people to think that there's not, but there, there's going to be some specific things they have to not put themselves in position wise on defense to avoid that becoming a problem. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we've talked about Ingram went on the team. Chris Jones wasn't available in that game. Frank Clark was dealing with the hamstring injury too. He's playing better now as well. So there's a lot of reasons to believe that, that the chiefs defense will be able to generate more of a pass rush. Having said that, I think the bills are running the football uh, better than they were in week five too. So I do think there's a little more balance to, to what, to, to what they do with Devin Singletary. And then of course you've got some, some weapons with whether it's Emmanuel Sanders, Stefan Diggs, Dawson Knox in the passing game. Yeah. The, um, the Patriots, the, they kind of stabilized. They got, they got, um, they got Bates at left guard and he helped stabilize part of, part of what they had going on out there because they're uh, Dawkins at left tackle. He still has struggles, whether it's blitz or some other stuff. There's some stuff he still struggles on to where the Chiefs can take advantage of that. But I know whenever they played, whenever they played the the Jaguars, I mean their 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 right guard um, at the time, Ford seventy four, like he was a turnstile, and yeah. like he like I mean you, him and Dawkins were causing him problems. Boddicker at left guard, I mean he wasn't he wasn't exactly crushing it either. So, I mean, their left tackle, left guard, right guard position there during the season, like they, they were having some issues there and Allen wasn't, wasn't doing too well with it. And like, they, they were getting, they can still run some twists. They can run some, some games, some stunts. I mean, those are still available to them. It's just what they ended up doing is they took Daryl Williams and moved him from right tackle to right guard. And they put Brown out at right tackle. And then they got Morris at center still. And then like they put Bates in there and that honestly stabilized a lot of their offensive line. 
from what they had been doing. So I'm kind of curious to see what Steve Spagnuolo and them will throw at them, kind of pressure and blitz wise. But I mean, there, I'm just saying there's, there's plenty of opportunity where the chiefs can, they can still make Josh Allen uncomfortable more so than I think people uh, are probably anticipating. And Chris Jones, I mean, that's a guy that if he can have a big game, that's, that's going to make, uh, that's going to make uh, Allen really uncomfortable. Um. You know, Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde have, have played well against the Chiefs, and, and teams love to do outside of the Raiders play that you know shell too high safety, play the shell, you know, kind of uh, build the wall down the field, and and you know force the Chiefs to you know and Patrick Mahomes to take the checkdowns to play underneath. I think the Bills do it about as well as anybody. Um, have the Chiefs made enough progress against two deep zones? For you to feel comfortable, if they can sustain drives, that they can maybe, um, you know, even even force Buffalo to to take a few more chances, um, you know, in, in certain situations. Or do you think the Bills, who you know statistically had the best defense in the NFL, are you know still have the formula to to keep the Chiefs in check? Well, there was a couple little nuggets that I found in the Bills' defense that told me that there's a lot the Chiefs can take advantage of to be able to sustain drives and stay on the field. What the Bills defense has trouble with, with a lot of the zone coverage that they do and a lot of the coverages that they call is switch routes, well-timed switch routes or switch routes in general. And what that, what that means for some people is it's kind of part of it's a clear out, but then for underneath, but then at the same time you have you, the routes are timed off each other. So it just creates space and room away from the corners. And the Chiefs do that better than a lot of people in the NFL in terms of the timing perspective of it to manipulate coverages how they see fit. And I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity for the Chiefs to do that against them to create space and create separation to where the Bills back off and the Chiefs can turn it into, you know, turn a little routine five yard dig route into a 10, 15 yard, you know, catch or even more. So, I mean, and there, there was because the, they ran the Chiefs ran one of those switch routes early on where I was watching the coaches film and Kelsey ran a little, a little, uh, a little in and up or a little out and up, depending on it was a cross. One of them was a crosser. And then there was another one that kind of him and Tyreek together ran a switch at that time. And that was kind of like a little, I want to say a little in and up and Patrick just barely missed him, just barely missed him. Otherwise that's a 40, 50 yard play because the way Tyreek was able to hold the safeties up top there. So there, I, there's plenty of chances, uh, but I, I can tell when the Bills get frustrated with something, with the way they do their coverages, what I notice with them is Poyer starts to start to sneak down and they just leave Hyde up top single high. So when that happens, that's when you know good things are happening and they're getting frustrated is whenever Poyer starts to come down there and, and like physically try to become a robber down there or try to lay the wood over the middle on some stuff. That's when, you know, you're getting to them and that's a good sign. You hope that a receiver doesn't get laid out by him, but I mean, you know, that's, that's a good sign that things are working. And then also um, the flats are available. They'll give you the flats. They don't care because they're going to rally and tackle uh, to the sticks to a certain extent. That's kind of what the, it seems like they're a little bit more big on than I, than I anticipated. And that's where McKinnon, can feast on them. That's where Hill could feast on them to a certain extent. That's where Hardman can feast on them. And so there's a lot of opportunities there. And then finally, what I saw is um, 
the two tight end sets. Those are really big against the Bills when you're wanting to run the football. There, you can use the bunch and you use tight, two tight end sets for some of the stuff, but that's when they that's when they'll bring in some of their heavy personnel in certain ways and their three linebackers and everything. That's when you can start taking advantage of some mismatches that you don't realize just by simply having a two tight end set. And so they'll they'll give you the, they'll give you the edge, especially if you pull some of your offensive linemen. They'll give you the corner on that. They'll give you the edge in some spots, and then they'll give you the quick trap. You can destroy them with that. And there's there's a lot of opportunities with two tight end sets to effectively get five yards of clip. And I'm not kidding you on that one either. Well, and the, the look, the Chiefs have an athletic offensive line, and I'll be interested to see Clyde Edwards Hilaire w- was back at practice. Daryl Williams um was unable to push off his toe, according to Andy Reid, which is why he didn't really play. But I think they found something in Jarek McKinnon. And I I mean, even if Clyde comes back, even if Daryl comes back, they're banged up. I, I would I would ride the hot hand if I was Andy Reid. And, and look, he knows better than I do. He knows his personnel better than I do. But boy, Jarek McKinnon looked great. Um, and, and I know it was against the Steelers. It's not the same team, but he looked better um, than any running back. I mean, I think he had the best game of any, any Chiefs running back this season. I, I, yes. I would make Jarek McKinnon prove that it was a fluke before I would go away from him in this Bills game, especially with, with how little margin for error I think there's going to be. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And this is also a contract year for him because he's going to be a free agent. So, I mean, you know, as Terrell's always used to say, the contract year is undefeated. So let's try to see if we can keep that thing undefeated. Um, he didn't say that last part, but, you know, you get the drift on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like just the way that they can use him in the screen game and then also kind of in the flats and try to maintain some of those some of those runs because the, the key going against the Bills' defense is they give up a lot if you get them into, like, second and five or third and five. Those are you can convert those on a regular basis against them. So that's that's going to be key for the Chiefs is trying to get at least five yards on first down to put themselves in favorable positions to be able to keep converting that. That's kind of if I'm then that's kind of my bigger all goal in the whole grand scheme of it is I want to kind of keep getting five yards on first down like that. That should um they should make signs about that all week or something. Maybe T-shirts. I don't know. Whatever works. Yeah. So. uh Give me a couple of difference makers. Who are the the players that um, you think are going to, you know, make a, a, you know, that this game is going to hinge on come Sunday? Yeah, more so about what the game's going to hinge on. Um, I think Orlando Brown's going to really decide where this game ends up going for the Chiefs offense. I know that's weird to say, but he he struggled more than people realize against Highsmith when he shouldn't have. And he kind of treated Highsmith like he was T.J. Watt at times. Yeah. And he, his kick step was slow and his feet were slow a lot of times. And he didn't really knock some people off the ball in the run game like he should have. If he wants to be paid $20 million a year like I think he does, then this has got to be one of those games where he goes out and he shows why the Chiefs traded what they did for him and why he should get paid $20 million a year. Because if I'm the Bills, I'm taking Jerry Hughes who's playing out of his mind right now because he's also a free agent and he's 34 years old and he doesn't know how much longer he's got left or if that next payday is coming. And I would put him against Orlando. And I think Mahomes is going to have some problems because Mahomes got a little uncomfortable in that Steelers game. Whenever Highsmith came around the corner three times in a row and what ended up having to happen is that McKinnon came over there on a chip. And that's whenever Mahomes threw that touchdown to Kelsey, the 48 yarder, 
is because McKinnon made that chip. If he didn't make that chip and get him in, you know, and reroute him basically to where Orlando could lock in on his on his name you know, on his on the shoulder plates there, had he not been able to do that, then that uh then you know that that forty eight yard touchdown may not be able to happen because of how long you're having to wait for Kelsey to kind of you know cross through those zones. So I mean Orlando Brown on the offense side of the ball, I think he's gonna have a big part of it more so than people realize. And I think that McKinnon could hopefully in a positive way have a lot of that. Yeah, and I think on the Bills side, look, Matt Milano hasn't played in in, in the last couple meetings that the Chiefs have had. Um, but I, I, you know, I look at you. You mentioned Jerry Hughes. I think Gregory Rousseau, the other defensive end. You know, I mean, whether he's good, whether he gets some some cracks at Orlando Brown, or whether he's going up against Andrew Wiley, he's a guy who he's a rookie, but he's had a lot of tip passes. He's made a lot of tackles for a, for a defensive end. Very active guy. Um, he's shown, you know. The Chiefs have got to control those edges. Uh, I, I don't worry so much about the the Chiefs from guard to guard, but you know teams. You know you saw you saw Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, they just line up in wide nine and, and just you know just come with those wide rushes. And uh, you saw Wiley get set. Now, granted, it's T.J. Watt, but you saw plenty of times where Wiley would get set up for that inside move and was able to generate pressure uh, coming to the you know coming to Pat's uh, you know right into Pat's face, and so. I think that those those two edge guys you, you talked about, Brown. I think Wiley that that Wiley Rousseau matchup or that Wiley Hughes matchup is going to be big too. Um, you know, they were able to get it get it done well enough last week, but um, that that's the weak spot of the offensive line, um, and I think that that's a, a strength for for the Bills defense. And so you got to win that those matchups more often than not. Yeah, and then looking at the Chiefs' defensive side, I mean, I'm I'm going to say it, and everybody's thinking it like. Is Daniel Sorensen back deep? <laughs> like I hate to say it, but that's that's like is he is forty nine back deep there? Because if he is, they're gonna pick on him. And it's just a matter of if that pass rush, the Chiefs pass rush gets there in time to where it doesn't matter. But having Sorensen back there, it was a problem. He's lost back there in space, and it doesn't work out well for him. So how much Daniel Sorensen plays and where they put him at, I unfortunately think that the Bills are gonna go after that. And I think the Bills are gonna go after Mike Hughes, and I think they're gonna go after Charvarius Ward vertically. I think they're going to try some of the stuff that the Bengals did. And like, I mean, this chief secondary is going to be tested this week. And that's why that chief's pass rush is going to have to be on point to be able to help protect them. So Josh Allen doesn't have time to do his taxes back there. And that's, what's going to make the difference for uh, that's going to make the difference for the chiefs defensively is can that pass rush get there? Can they disrupt Allen on a regular basis? Do they only have to bring five? And then the other portion of it is, I mean, does Josh Allen get to run? Like if he gets to run and take off and do some of that, like they're gonna, they're gonna have some problems. They're gonna have some headaches, and I think he's gonna do it a couple of times. The question is, are they able to stop it when it matters? And, and that's where I think um, a healthy Willie Gay and a, a confident Nick Bolton with with reps under his belt can help control Josh Allen in the running game. But, and this is another Terezism. Respect a lot of players in the NFL equate respect and status with your contract. And if you look at that Chiefs defense, based on that, Chris Jones and Frank Clark have got to show up this game. This is they they cannot um get manhandled. They cannot be a non-factor in this one. They have got to be disruptive. They have got to come up with two or three plays to to either shut down drives or, or sacks that that you know that that moved them behind the stick. 
Like they've got to come through uh, if the Chiefs are going to march on. Yeah. And then the last guy I'm curious about, especially as a returner, is going to be Isaiah McKenzie. Like, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie, he's a really good returner. And I think there may be some opportunities for him in the offense on some screen passes or something or jet sweep or something of that nature where he could cause the Chiefs a reverse. He could cause the Chiefs some problems too. So I'll be interested to see how they utilize him. But yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of the Bills have a lot of weapons. They got a lot of options on offense and they've got a solid stout defense. And I am kind of curious to see how the Chiefs offense does when Poyer's out there a handful of times and if he tries to deliver some messages, if they, uh, if they return to sender or not. Right. I mean, look, I don't think Travis Kelsey has forgotten um, when he got clipped in the back of the head there late in that game. Um, Travis is playing as well as he has all season. Um, he's got four straight hundred yard receiving games in the playoffs count, you know, this year and all three games last year. Um, um, uh, motivated and, uh, uh, and amped up Travis Kelsey is, uh, is, is entertaining, makes for entertaining football. So, uh, and I think you're going to get, I, I, this is what he lives for right now, um, is, is these moments, I think, to try to go win some championships. Because uh, I think he knows how special it is to have Patrick Mahomes and to have this opportunity with with Reed Mahomes and what they've got going. Um, and I, I, you know, I think Travis Kelsey also knows he ain't going to be able to keep doing this forever, man. You only get so many opportunities at this. So um, I, 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 the more I talk about this game, the more excited I get about it. I'm just curious to see if Poyer's out there on a potential screen and Trey Smith is coming on that choo-choo train. If uh, Poyer gets uh, what's coming to him after, <laughs> after trying to uh, after trying to give Kelsey a concussion, right, right, right. I mean, look, all the Chiefs are going to rewatch that game this week. They're they're going to have taken note. Uh, they will have taken note. I'm just curious if Travis is out there in the open field and there's <laughs> Poyer coming at him. If some shoulders are delivered, or if it's just a juke move to embarrass his pride and take his soul. There you go. Um, all right, so we've. Talked about the difference makers and who you got there. Um, there's three other games this weekend. Uh, Bengals, Titans, the other AFC divisional yeah. round game. Um, I, I feel like the Titans aren't getting any respect, um, even though they're the number one seed. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, um, you know, I, I don't. I think Ryan Tannehill is the worst quarterback left in the on the AFC side. Um, and I think, although you know, yeah, the, on the AFC it, side, yes. Yeah. And the Derek Henry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, 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 I'm not. I, Jimmy Garoppolo still exists, man. I'm not going to say, I was like, I was like, yeah, but on Garoppolo, the AFC side, of, I think it's one A and one B on the AFC side. I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. You're 100% um, right. You know, uh, but, and then you get the Derek Henry injury situation. Cause I still think even if he comes back, it's hard for me to believe that he's going to be anywhere near the King Henry you're used to seeing. Um, the, you know, I think he's as likely to wear down in the fourth quarter after two months off as he is to wear other teams down in the fourth quarter right now. Um, and I think the Bengals and some of the weapons they have, I think, you know, there weren't a lot of upsets in the wild card round. I think you could see that be an upset here in the divisional round though. Yeah. And I, I have, I've got to end up looking at the injury reports for other teams, but I know the Titans had a couple of their secondary members get hurt in that Texans game. So I want to, I know one of them is shoulder and one of them is, I believe a knee or ankle at the time. So I'm kind of curious to see how they, uh, 
what they'll what they'll be able to bring out there at secondary and if those guys are able to play the whole game if they are able to come back so that that'll be something i'll keep tabs on like you said derrick henry is not going to be in football condition in the same way and then also i mean that's assuming that his foot's 100 percent healed and that's not like you know 60 percent or 70 percent he's just trying to get through it because the injury that he has I've heard people take a lot longer for that to heal up than the time that he's given to get in the playoffs right. here. So I Look, mean, he's, that, he, that could cause some problems long-term if they rush it. He He's a freak. If you've seen some of his off-season workout videos, he is a physical freak. So I'm not, I'm not doubting the man, but um, yeah, I would be, I, I just, I'm skeptical that he's going to be vintage Derrick Henry. Um yeah, and then on the Bengals side, you're kind of wondering if Trey Hendrickson's going to be going to be back in 100 percent because he's a big part of right. the pass rush there in Cincy. So that that'll be part of the question. But and he was he was limited Tuesday, but Trey Hendrickson came back and was a full go Wednesday. Um, and then you mentioned like Buster Screen and Jackrabbit Jenkins. Um, Buster's been back with the hamstring at, at practice all week, but Jackrabbit Jenkins hasn't played hasn't practiced yet. So they may be a little depleted in that secondary. I'm just telling you, if there's one team you're going against and you don't want your secondary to be depleted, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. That's all right. T. Higgins, Uzama, Chase. I don't know. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Um, I, I heard he he's he's been playing pretty well lately. He's been doing pretty good. Him and Tyler it, Boyd and T. Higgins are doing really well. And so it would have been nice if he could have had a few of those drops he had against the Raiders in that Chiefs game, though, right? And then the Chiefs would be the one seed. <laughs> well, if the Chiefs have the if the Chiefs play in the AFC Championship and they play the Bengals, I'm hoping that's where he would have his drops. Right, right. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> I don't care about regular season. Do it in the postseason, my dude. Fair. So yeah. Um, uh, on the NFC side. Um, I give the 49ers um, a little more credit, maybe. I don't. <laughs> but, and this is like, I picked the Cowboys to win solely because I just don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. <laughs> like, and now you look at, you know, Nick Bosa's banged up. Um, you know, they've, you know, they've, they've lost, you know, one of their starting linebackers. Uh, I love Debo Samuel, but I just don't see the 49ers being able to go in Green Bay and beat this Packers team. I, to put it bluntly, the the 49ers shouldn't have been able to go in to Dallas and beat the Cowboys. It, if they don't have Debo Samuel, they don't win that game. Like Cowboys won that one pretty comfortably. Like and Debo the, Samuel was the difference in that game. Yeah, and if the Cowboys don't have Mike McCarthy, I, I'm not sure. Yes, touche. The Cowboys win as well because Mike McCarthy is a terrible coach, as I've said before, and I do not like that guy in any way, shape, or form as a coach. I'm sure he's a phenomenal person, but as a coach, he's terrible. Shout out Baker University. <laughs> Still terrible. <laughs> um, I think other than the Chiefs matchup, the the game that I am, am most intrigued by though is Rams at Bucks. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford finally got a playoff win. Um, you know, I mean, look, the Rams went all in with with the Von Miller and the and the Odell Beckham Jr. acquisitions. Um, that you know, hey, they had gone in all in a couple of years ago with the Jalen Ramsey trade and stuff like that. It didn't work out then. Yeah. Um, you know, will it work out this time around for Les Snead? I don't know. The Bucks are a beat up team, but are you betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs? If there if there was a year uh, you can get Brady, I, I feel like this is this is one of those years. Didn't we say that last year too, though? <laughs> I feel I'm like that's not- but that's been a recurring theme for like five years in the playoffs. Well, no, no, I think I, I truly believe a couple of years ago when the Titans upset, I'm like, that was a year that 
Like I felt like you could get Brady in the playoffs. Like that was one of those years that you could definitely get him. Then when the Chiefs played the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, that was another year you could have gotten him. But Bob Sutton's like, no, nah, it's cool. Let's let him do whatever he wants. So that was more of a Bob Sutton thing. Otherwise, Brady's reign could have come in and then. I mean, yeah, if D Ford just knows how to line up pre-snap. I mean, technically there's that too, but I'd kind of tried to move on past that. But here you are <laughs> bringing it back in consciousness for everybody. Rip it off the um, band-aid. Yeah, no, I I mean it's weird because like I I'm for my games, I'll I'll end up just doing my picks right now. Um, I'm I'm picking the Bengals over the Titans. I still think the Chiefs are gonna win, even though I'm gonna be nervous about it the entire time and doubt myself no matter what, because that's what I do. It's part of my process. Um and then I think the Packers are going to win pretty handedly, but I, I do think that Rams Bucks game is going to be close. And like, part of me really wants to pick the Rams just because of how depleted the Bucks are um, from what they were. But at the same time, Matt Stafford just he kind of melts at times whenever it's key pressure situations. And I think he's going to have some turnovers against the Bucks defense. He he has, and and I you think about that Tennessee Titans game where he he was pretty awful. But Stafford's also been really good in the fourth quarter. And that Rams defense is playing pretty well. Uh, you know, and you've got Aaron Donald. I mean, Aaron Donald to me is the, the uh, you know, he doesn't have the rings that Tom Brady does. But when I think of the best player of this generation on defense, Aaron Donald's the first name that comes to mind, um, you know, in the last, you know, five, 10 years of the NFL. I think he's been the most dominant defensive player in the league. I, I think the Rams are going to upset him. I really do. Um, I think that the, that, that they'll find a way to get it done because the bucks are depleted. Um, and because I just trust that Rams defense a little bit more than that bucks defense right now. Having yeah, said mean, that, I, having said that Brady will absolutely throw for five touchdowns. And, <laughs> and, then, I, and I mean, I, I was planning on picking the Rams and uh, whenever I tweeted all that stuff out either Friday or Saturday, but Selfishly, I still want to see Brady versus Rodgers again. Like selfishly, I just want to watch that matchup and one more time at least. As long as the 49ers don't, I don't think there's I don't think there's a, a losing matchup there. I, I think Stafford, I think Stafford and 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 Rodgers have have a, a a wonderful rapport from their time in the NFL North or NFC North together. I think that would be fun too. But you're right. I mean, last year Brady versus Rodgers was epic. Um, and I, I would absolutely sign up for another chapter of that. Like selfishly, I want to see Mahomes versus Burrow for an AFC championship game. And I want to see Rogers versus Brady for an NFC championship game. That's really what I want to see. So like, I think those would be the, I think those would be the two funnest matchups for championship games. Do you want another Mahomes Brady matchup so that Mahomes can No, I want, I want Mahomes Rogers, man. I want to see that for the first time. I do too, but the the only thing is, if you're thinking about Patrick Mahomes' long term legacy, Brady got him in the AFC Championship game a couple years ago. Brady got him behind a, a patchwork offensive line in, in the Super Bowl last year. But nobody's going to care about the details of those games. Nobody's going to care about Bob Sutton's defense. Nobody's going to care about the fact that Tom Brady threw a pick that should have lost that game, but D Ford was offside. Nobody's going to care. All that anybody's going to remember in 20 years is that Brady beat Mahomes twice in the playoffs when it mattered late in his career with inferior teams. So that that's the only reason if you're thinking, if you're thinking about Patrick Mahomes and where he'll ultimately end up in the NFL, um, another Mahomes Brady matchup would, 
would would be helpful perhaps um, for his ultimate conversation about his place in the NFL if he continues on the trajectory he's been on the last four years. I still softly want to see Rodgers versus Mahomes. <laughs> I try like, to sell it. I, try I, to get, sell it. I get what you're saying from a legacy Hall of Fame perspective, but here's what I've learned in life. People move the goalpost wherever the heck people want to move the goalpost. Like, that's just what people do. That's what's going to happen. And and Mahomes could play Brady in the Super Bowl, and Mahomes could beat him, and somebody's still going to try to say something about something. And, and Mahomes could have more. Super Bowl wins than Brady hypothetically down the road here. Yeah. And somebody's still gonna gonna have something to say about how this person's better than that person. Like that's would, just the way society is. That's the way social media is. That's the way sports talk radio is. Like somebody's always gonna find a way because they always gotta keep it interesting so they don't get bored with their lives. Listen, <laughs> part of me hopes that the Chiefs don't win eight Super Bowls. Because you would have to move into my house with your eight Lombardi replicas, you know, because you would be destitute at that point. <laughs> Todd, what did I tell you about $5 words, bro? <laughs> you haven't used one lately, but you, you crossed the line there, sir. <laughs> Just please, Angie, may I have some more? <laughs> be like Oliver Twist. You, you can stay at my house, though. I'd let you stay here. I know you wouldn't move in until after the pandemic, but I, I'd allow it. <laughs> I like how you know it's definitely <laughs> off until after the pandemic. <laughs> well, there's a, hopefully the pandemic will be over before the Chiefs wrap up their eighth title. But I, I like like I, I think I've talked about this on here before, but like I also kind of wonder sometimes if like the like it, it, in a way the Chiefs have to win the Super Bowl again for for the pandemic to end type of thing, right? Because it's you know it start. I mean it start. It's actually started before it, but like you know it was kind of that's the that's the one sports event that I, I've always associated with it around that time. Yeah, because well yeah because everything else. I mean March Madness got shut down. I mean that was the last major sporting event before um, you know the last two years of our lives um, got changed altered altered forever um all right well hey um i hope you guys have fun watching this one 5 30 on uh, on sunday um nick are you gonna have to are you gonna get to go home and watch it did no, you enjoy be, getting be, to watch I'll, the steelers oh my gosh I, I forgot what it's like to be able to watch a game and pace around your house by yourself and be able to be frustrated and tweet out things and i, I don't yell but i do get irritated sometimes and i, I have to pace around to get rid of my anxiety yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you made it through. Um, you know, and again, th there's there's therapy that I I am more than willing to help with to to relieve your anxiety. No, thank you, Todd. It's right. a no, thank you for me. It's a no for me. It's All a right. permanent no for me. <laughs> See, that's that, and that's probably why you'd want me to quote unquote move into your house, is so that that I have no choice in that matter. Yeah, every morning before I leave for work. Yeah. <laughs> How weird would that be if I was living in your house? God, just creeps me out. I would man. get so tired of cracked chicken chili. <laughs> uh, that would creep me out living at your house. I'm sorry. What would I have done with my life where I'm living with Todd Palmer? Wake up with my seven-year-old standing over you. <laughs> and then say my full name to me. Nick Jacobs, what are you Not doing? I'm <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I like calling, but man, I don't, I don't need, I don't need that wake up call every day. 
Uh, no, nah, he usually like wakes up, runs downstairs to watch YouTube before anybody can catch him and tell him no. So it's <laughs> a smart kid right there. Yeah, no, he, he knows what he, yeah, he's, he's got his system. All right. Well, I got nothing else. You got anything else? No, no. I, uh, I bid you adieu there, sir. All right. Sounds good. Take care, kids. <laughs>